Today we celebrate Palm Sunday, right? The triumphal entry in Matthew 21, where Jesus sets up on the donkey. I love the beginning of that story where Jesus is telling the disciples, hey, why don't you go to this place down the corner, down the corner store? <laughs> There'll be a donkey sitting there and grab that for me. And I'm going to take that and we're going to walk that through. And so some people were putting their, their robes down and their clothes down, the Bible talks about as Jesus was coming through. But I imagine, too, that there were some people that were turning the other direction and moving in a different way, rejecting the lamb, right? <clears throat> what's so interesting about the triumphal entry, what's so interesting about Palm Sunday is that we don't, we don't just stop here at Palm Sunday, right? The intention of Palm Sunday, the reason of Palm Sunday is to point us in a direction, right? It's to point us in the direction of the cross. And so imagine yourself for a moment, picture yourself as Jesus the Christ, right? Just for a second. It's okay to do that. Don't like it stand up and be like, hey, I am Jesus Christ. Just for a minute, just imagine in your mind, right? So, so you're heading in a direction. Jesus knows what his destination is. And we know what his destination is because we know the story. We have the Bible that tells us the end of the story. So Jesus knows what his destination is, and yet it's a triumphal entry towards a direction of the cross, which ends in such a brutal destination, right? To our eyes, we see such a brutal destination, but yet it was the most largest impact that the earth and the world and all of creation has ever seen. And so I just want to encourage you this morning that this, this today is to point you in a direction. And if you're here this morning, you're moving in a direction. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that Jesus spoke, right, and said, let there be light. And all of a sudden, light started in a direction. And if we think about it, if you do the math and calculate how many years ago that was, light hasn't stopped moving, has it? If you know anything about science and all that different stuff, you know that we're on an axis and our Earth is continually moving right now. If you stand still long enough, you might feel a little dizzy, right? I'm just kidding, just kidding. It's too, <laughs> it's too slow right, for us to sense it, but right now we're moving. Each of us is moving physically, and all of us in this place, we're moving in a direction spiritually. <clears throat> There's no neutral when it comes to this life. We're always moving. We're continually moving in a direction. And just like Palm Sunday points us in a direction, I thought it'd be good to talk about how do we get to the right direction? How do we position ourselves in our daily lives to get to the right direction so we can get to our destination? Because what's interesting this morning is not only did God say, let there be light when he created the earth in the beginning in Genesis, he spoke and let there be life and he created man and woman. In Ephesians, in the New Testament, Ephesians 1, it says, before even that. So if you open your Bible to the first page and you step over here a little bit, before even the beginning of the Bible, it says that he had you in mind that he predestined you, he set you in motion in a direction to be part of his kingdom, to be part of his family. Isn't that amazing? Amazing that God had us in mind before the creation of the world. Ephesians says, before the creation of the world, before anything existed, he had you in mind to be set apart for his kingdom so that you could inherit everything that he created for you and for I, all for what? His glory. <clears throat> but I want to warn you that there is one thing that is more powerful than the cross. And I know that sounds scary this morning, but it's reality. And that is your decision. You see, God loved you in such a way. He loved you so much that he gave his son to die for you. 
but he wanted to have your honest and genuine worship. He could have made robots. He could have set up there and set puppets and did exactly what he wanted to do and made the earth revolve the way he wanted to do it. But remember Adam and Eve, they had that choice whether or not to bite that apple or not. Their, their decision was more powerful than the cross. Their decision was more powerful than God's will. So if that's the case this morning, we're all at the same foundation, right? Because we're making decisions every single day. So let's look, a, look, look today a little bit about the impact of our decisions and how we, how we make the right decisions, how we position ourselves to head in the direction of the cross. Does that make sense? You guys with me? In 2007, Shelly and I wedded in marriage together. We decided uh, for one of our trips that we would go to California, and we sectioned off our time together, our honeymoon time together, with, we had one day, right, we also, we celebrated the time together the whole week, but we had one day that focused time on me, and then we had one day that focused time on her, right, because you're, you know, you're getting to know each other, getting to know what each other's like, it's, you know, sometimes annoying just to be paraded around, you know, not even having fun or not even doing what you want to do, so we decided to do that, so, so my day, just to give you a little picture into the difference of us, so my day, we went to the beach, right, we, we toured down Rodeo Drive, we went to all the celebrity houses and checked all that kind of stuff out, went shopping and all that kind of stuff, I'm being a little vulnerable this morning to let you know a little bit about myself, so please don't, don't be tweeting at this moment, which was an amazing time, it was great, we got to see the coast, it was wonderful. So Shelly's day, she wanted to go to Joshua Tree National Park, okay, so it's about 70 miles of obscurity and uh, nothing around to be had except these trees, I don't know, they look like Joshua or something, I have no idea. So the only thing I knew about Joshua Tree National Park is that you two recorded one of, their, one of their videos, one of their albums there. So that's all I knew about Joshua Tree National Park. So another thing you need to know about me is I enjoy, I enjoy traveling. I enjoy exploration. I get just a little bit of anxiety when it comes to going to places that don't have like bathrooms, gas stations, water available, emergency services at <laughs> responding at any moment in time in case something happens. So we're moving along here, and I decided, you know what? I'm the man, right? I'm the man in this household. And so I'm, I, I don't want to let Shelly know about those anxieties. So we got some of the gear. I got some gear, you know, some of that Under Armour gear all set up. I got some shoes on, some hiking gear. We got the strap that goes across, you know, the side. I looked like a hiker. I looked, <clears throat> portrayed myself like a hiker. And I, I was, was starting to study and starting to say, hey, this is going to be good. I'm putting it in my mind. I'm making it in my mind. This is going to be a good trip. This is going to be an awesome time. So we go down. And as we go to the welcome place to get a map, there's one gas station. So I'm like, hey, let's just stop here and just get a few drinks. Because in my mind, I'm like, we need to get our survival kit here at this Exxon just in case anything happens. So we get, you know, like nuts because they have the fatty acids or whatever that, you know, keep you full longer. And then you have water. Then we have some of the uh, Gatorade, too, to make sure that our sugar's up and we get some energy going in case anything should happen. Um, so we stop here at this, this to go in and get a map, right, the Welcome Center. We stop here and go in and get a map, and there's this billboard that has, like, pictures of maybe 20 people's faces, and it says missing. I'm like, oh, great, this is wonderful. This will be such a joyous trip. So I look at that, and I'm like, whew, let's not go there. So we look over here, and we just get a map, and we start to drive. It's kind of pleasant, you know, because I had in mind where the entrance was, where the beginning was, so I just thought if anything happens, we'll just turn around and go right back to the entrance and then get out of here. So we stopped at the first place, and there was these boulders, these huge boulders around where we went climbing, and it was kind of nice. You know, the car was, like, right here, and the boulders were, like, right there. And so you could see an exit plan at any time if you needed it. 
beautiful. We go to this next place, and it was a little bit of a hiking. So we were hiking up on rocks, and pretty high up at times. It was kind of cool walking around, and it was, I think <clears throat> the thing said it was like a mile, 0.5 or a mile. So then we go to the next place, and we were walking, <clears throat> and we glanced, we glanced at it and saw that it was like 0.5 or a mile. Um, and so we started walking, and we started walking, and we started walking. And this one, it, you couldn't see the car. Like, it went around this big, huge rock boulder and then went back here through the woods, and then you came back around. So we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And once we make that turn past there and couldn't see the parking lot anymore, I started to get absolutely a little, ner- little nervous, okay? So we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. <clears throat> and we keep walking, and I'm thinking, hmm, gosh, this seems much longer than the same trail that was the same distance the one we did before. And then so, you know, you get that little heartbeat happening or whatever and some sweat's going on. So I open up the map and I look and I notice, wow, we're on a trail that is 0.5 miles, but it's also connected to a 10-mile trail if you don't find the right turn. This is wonderful. So we start moving and start going. We come to this next turn and all of a sudden, I kid you not, right, the trail goes like this and another trail goes like this. And we come around the cross and all you see is just desert as long as it can go. So we got one trail here, one trail here, and the signs are like this. <laughs> Not even pointed, so somebody probably, you know, like spun it around. So we had no idea what to do. So in this moment, I'm getting like highly anxious. If you've ever had a panic attack, I'm, I'm right there. I'm getting there right now, okay? At this point, I don't know what Shelly thinks of me, but I don't really care at this point, okay? I'm taking off the Under Armour. I'm screaming, crying. I'm throwing water. Shelly is oblivious to all of this, okay? So I'm walking, I'm rushing, I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And she's like, hey, stop here, look, oh, isn't this a nice little flower, it's the only flower? And I'm like, come on, we've got to go. So we get to this place, and we have no idea what to do or where to go. And so the things are pointing like this and like that, and I just, I can't even make a decision. Like, I'm so anxious, I have no idea even what two times two is at this point. And I'm just like, what do we do? Like, we're, like it's life or death to me. Shelly's chilling, and it's like life or death. I'm like, what do we do? Oh my gosh, we're going to die. And Shelly's like, let's just go this way. This looks good. So we turn that way, and I'm like, okay, I'll just trust her. So we turn that way, we go through this rock, and right around the corner is the vehicle. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. It was like that chariots of fire music, dun, 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 like I was in love. So I skirted off towards the car. We got in the car. I was so, like, it was maybe 10 miles to get back to the entrance, but I was so full of anxiety. I couldn't even think or remember how to get back to the entrance. So I had the map in my hand, and I turned left, which was the other direction, And then realized that we had 70 miles to drive in just a two-lane, you're supposed to go 35, through all of these mountains. Now, I'm anxious as can be, right? And so you see the horizon, and it's all mountains. You see the horizon, it's all mountains, so you think, right there is where the interstate is, right? So it takes like half an hour to get there, 45 minutes. So you get to that horizon, and there's nothing again till the next horizon. And you keep going. Probably four horizons we made it. And finally, we got to the stop. We went off into the hotel. And I probably slept the rest of the night through death exhaustion and wasn't sure what was going to happen the rest of the trip. I say all that to say, isn't that sometimes how the pattern of our life goes? Right? That's a funny story. But sometimes when we face our lives, we face our decisions. We have a conveyor belt coming down. And we're just grabbing stuff. Right? We're, we're, we're putting stuff on so that we look different, so that we look the part. We're acting like maybe we're not. We're acting like somebody else we're not. And we're trying to rely on our wisdom. We're trying to rely on our charisma and our nature to make the right decisions so that we get to the destination. 
And in between, we're freaking out, right? Because we're, we're just searching for control and we're having panic attacks. We're turning to all of these other things to help us decide which direction, right? Which direction is the cross? Which direction do we need to go in? It happens to us all the time. So I want to suggest to you today, this is very important to understand, that everything is connected. Every decision that we're making, even right now, is connected to our future, right? I don't, I don't want to assault your intelligence too much this morning, but you know that every decision you make comes with what? A consequence. Whether that's a positive consequence or a negative consequence, every single decision that you're making gives a consequence. But sometimes we're not intentional about those decisions because we make so many decisions throughout the day, don't we? I mean, think about when you woke up, you made a decision whether you were going to stand up out of the bed or roll out of the bed. You made a decision whether you were going to take a shower, whether you're going to put deodorant on, how to brush your teeth. There's some things even subconsciously that we just know how to do. Have you ever thought to give somebody directions how to get in and out of their car? Like it just makes sense to us, right? We just open it up and we just sit in there. But if you think about all the stuff that's happening with your neurotransmitters as you're making these choices to sit down, every decision has a consequence in your life. And so we have to understand that. We have to be intentional about those decisions. So the important thing to understand, if you're taking notes, write this one down, is that direction, not our intention, determines our destination. What do I mean by that? Direction, not intention, right? So we have the best intentions at times, don't we? We have the best intentions. I always have the best intentions to go to the gym every day of the week and get back to fitness and get back to healthy and keep, or to keep it, right? I don't need to get back to it. I just need to keep it. Just to keep, to keep the maintain the healthiness. So I have the best intentions, but if I am not heading in a direction to go to the gym every single day, my intentions mean nothing, right? Think about some of the intentions that we have in our lives, some of the intentions that we want to do. If we do not physically move, and I'm not talking like, theoretically, like a direction. I'm talking about a physical direction. If we do not physically move in that direction or make a strategic plan to go in that direction, we will never return to our destination. We will never get to where we want to go. And think about if we just stayed there and I was full of anxiety and I had no idea what to go. So I just laid there and just let the crows eat me. I would have never gotten to the destination, right? You have to head in a direction. Which reminds me of situations that we read throughout the Bible. For instance, in Genesis 22, this is an amazing, amazing example about the fact that our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. In Genesis chapter 22, remember when Abraham was tested with his son Isaac, and God told him to go up on the mountain to sacrifice him. It reads like this, sometime later, God tested Abraham. Understand the, the previous, right? They never have a child, they were old, all that kind of stuff. They were waiting, they had some desires in their hearts. And, and then finally he gets this son, and it's Isaac, and he's so excited about him, and he was tested. And he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, God, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, who you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. That's pretty heavy. I don't know about you. You know what I mean? We read the Bible from such a distance, right? From like 30,000 feet. But think of this as a primary source. Think of the thing that is so dear to you. If you have a child this morning, if you're a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, 
you love God and you're walking in the direction towards God and then all of a sudden God knocks on your door and he just says, hey, I know I provided that thing for you and that was the desire of your heart and that was our prayer communication that we had together for a long time and it's finally here. But now I want you to take that and I want you to go up on this mountain and I want you to slaughter it. Think in your mind, like what that would look like. If I asked you that this morning, if we're honest, like I'm, I'm going to need some time, right, to make a decision. Like, okay, God, can I have a week? Can I, can, can I get back with you in a week? Let me comprehend that and let me, l- let me think about that before I make that decision. Listen to this in verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. Can you believe that? That's the key phrase here. Early the next morning, he got up and loaded his donkey. Abraham set himself in a direction that determined his destination. Besides what he was thinking in his mind, besides how much time he needed to comprehend that, he knew one thing, that he was God's child and that he was living to the glory of God that God had set his destination in movement already, and he wanted to walk obediently to Christ. So when God said that, no matter what that looked like or how that made him feel or what the outcome may have happened, he got up early the next morning and he moved in that direction. I love it in the book of Joshua, right, when Joshua is is crossing the river and, and God tells him, hey, why don't you go there, take the Israelites and cross the Jordan River. If you go back to the book of Exodus, they had seen something like this before. You remember in Exodus when they parted the Red Sea, when God parted the Red Sea, they were coming, then all of a sudden Pharaoh and his army was coming behind him. And God told them to go, they were, they were at the Red Sea, and God told them just to part, just put your stick in it, part, and they'd see it part, and then they'd walk through. And they walked through, everybody was on dry ground, everybody was on dry ground, and then it collapsed and it closed on the enemy. But this time was different. This time, God was telling them to go to the river's edge, and that once they put their own feet, once they stepped in a direction, acted by faith, once they put their feet in the river, then they would see it part. So he was asking them to exercise some of their faith at this point because he already showed them a miracle back in Exodus. There's another part of that scripture that I want to reveal to you that is amazing. Not only is it crazy just to step in a river and you have no idea how depth, what the depth is, but at this point, it was at a season, the Bible says, where the river was at flood stage. So if you can imagine Hurricane Isabel or Hurricane whoever, if you've ever seen the waters, they're going crazy. It's at flood stage. I'm sure there was a sign like they have in California with a big red sign that says, no swimming here, you know, do not cross. So all logic, right, all wisdom was telling them not to cross this river at this hour at this time. So they had a choice whether to exercise their faith or not. The same way of Abraham. We're here today because of Abraham. God promised him, right, that his descendants would be as large as the stars in the sky. So because of Abraham's obedience, he reached a destination, and that movement is still happening today, right? We're here today because of Joshua and the Israelites. Think about this. If this is the river and they're looking, can you imagine if they're still here like this? Like, God, we're here. Like, God, I I told you I'd be willing to get another job. I told you I'd be willing to move. Like, I told you I'd stop seeing that guy or that girl or, like, where are you? Could you imagine if they were still there? Where would we be? But God told them they needed to move in a direction. 
They could have had the best intention in the world. We are God's army. We are God's people. We want to obey him. We're here at this river. They could have called up all their friends, been texting their homies, been like, hey, look, he's about to part it. He's coming at 1 p.m. Make sure you see it. But they had to move in a direction in order for them to see God move. They moved in that direction, and it got them to their destination. So what happens? It was at flood stage, and they just said, God said it's going to happen, so let's do it. And so they did it. And so as we're making decisions in our lives, understand that it's your direction, not your intention. So if you need to make a decision, or you've been making a decision, and it hasn't been working, it might be because you haven't been moving. Move in the right direction. I think it's also important to know if you need, that maybe you need to move in another direction in the decision that you're making. So if you need to get out of a decision that you have maybe put yourself in, in order to get out of that decision, you need to move in another direction. So know that it's direction and not intention that determines your destination. The second point is our level of submission determines our arrival at destination. Right? So it's our intention. I mean, it's our direction, not intention, that gets us to the destination. But it's also our submission to God that determines our arrival. I want to take a look a little bit at Solomon in, 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 in 1 Kings, if we have that scripture up in first king solomon right was known as the man that had so much wisdom and a man that had so many riches and all those different things it started at a place though solomon's heart was pure and it was it was it was eager to to lead and it was eager to become king and it was eager to submit himself to to christ and his intentions were good his intentions were great and he had he had a situation here and it says that night the lord appeared to solomon in a dream and god said what do you want what do you want ask and it will be given to you Solomon replied, you showed faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you, right? He has the best intentions right here, mind you. And you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David, but I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and from wrong, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies... I will give you what you have asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such, such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant where he was sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. So listen here, we have the story of Solomon and it started out well. He had the, great, the best of intentions, right? He was saying, God, you know what, I'm young. I'm not really sure how to do this. My father, he was really good at this. But I'm just not sure I'm ready. I'm not sure I know what to do. At one point, he had God, like, one-way phone. He had the bat phone and just said, hey, whatever you need, just let me know, and I'll give it to you. And he asked for a discerning heart. 
He had the best intentions. He had the best intentions, right? But how does Solomon's life end up? Let's read here a little bit. He married Pharaoh's daughter, eventually, for security of Egypt. However, then Egypt's enemies became Israel's enemies, too. Solomon had 700 wives and 700 mothers and mother-in-laws, which is a bad choice, right? <laughs> he financed the construction of the altars to the pagan gods. So he paid for the pagan god altars all over the place. How did something like that happen? At the end of his life, he has all this money and all this fame. God gave him a discerning heart. And then all of a sudden, there was just destruction that happened in his life interesting i want to share something with you historical context when god established the nation of israel he strictly forbade the men to marry foreign women especially the king why because as the king goes so the entire nation goes but also because kings often married foreign women as a way of ensuring good relations with neighbors in other words kings make a decision to take the matters into their own hands and provide their own security by marrying other nations' daughters. Please let me caution you that it is our submission to God that determines our arrival at the destination. Listen, I know sometimes it is so hard to let go and to wait patiently unto the Lord. But this morning, can we learn from the example of Solomon a man that turned out with the absolute best intentions to have a journey with God that was beyond his father's and beyond his dreams and had the best of heart, the best of intentions. And God strictly forbade him not to marry anyone outside of their nation. And he took matters into his own hands because he wanted that control. Right? All of us, if we were honest today, there is one thing that we are looking for in life, and that is control. We're all control freaks. I'll be honest. I want control. I love control. That's why I get so nervous when I'm in some place that doesn't have anything, because I just want to be in control. But this was the destruction of Solomon, this one decision, right? Decisions. He made one decision because he wanted control and take matters into his own hands. And possibly the people that were around him thought, what a great idea. God did say that, but this is a perfect situation, right? Egypt is is growing. They're getting powerful. If you married Pharaoh's daughter, we would become friends and family with Egypt. It makes sense. Think of some of the decisions in your life, some of, the, some of the circumstances, or maybe the trials that you're facing right now in your own heart. Maybe there could be some, a, a decision that you're thinking, I'm, just gonna, I'm tired of waiting, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to step forward, and I'm going to take control, and I'm going to do this. I just want to caution you, I want to urge you, that your submission to God, your submission to God is going to determine your destination. When we try to take control of the situation, we take God out of the equation. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to finish strong. I want to reach the direction of the cross. I want to go in the direction towards Christ. It's our submission to God that determines 
our destination. And speaking of control, there's one encouraging thing. That we are in control as long as we want to be. And isn't that kind of like a, what's that, a catch-22? Right? We're in control because we want to be in control. But we're in control as long as we want to be. So you're in control of how much you're in control. Does that make sense to anyone? (laughs) So we have the choice to give up control to God and to submit ourselves to him. And that's when he can move in our hearts. And that's when we can move in the direction of the cross towards Christ. And so wherever you find yourself today, this morning, whatever place you feel like you're in, whatever trial you're facing, Maybe there's something in your heart that you have desired so much. Maybe there's something that you have been praying for for so long. Maybe you're in a situation that you need to make a decision and you're just not sure what to do. Perhaps you need to step out in a direction. Perhaps you need to wait in faith and submit to Christ. Whatever situation you're in today, we are all in this together in a direction pointing towards our destination. And so I want to encourage you with the final scripture that Solomon also wrote in Proverbs. And I want to break it down a little bit for us this morning. Many of you have heard it before in Proverbs Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It talks about trusting the Lord. But I want us to understand something this morning, that there's some languages maybe that can help us give a physical... Is there something happening? I just see everybody smiling and not paying attention to me. Is that okay? Can we just, can we stick right here? Just stick right here. I'm close. I'm coming in for a landing right now. Whatever situation you find yourself in, there's something that you can do that you can memorize scripture. And something that helps me maybe is doing something physical or picturing something physical within the linguistic context. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, it's going to in a second. So let's start in the first thing. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Notice some of the words there to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It's interesting because the language here in trust is related to the idea of lying helplessly face down towards God. And so imagine many of us have maybe said that scripture before, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's one of those maybe Sunday school things that we memorize. But now imagine trust in the Lord with all your heart, meaning I'm lying helplessly face down to God. Because that puts us in a humble position, right? If we're lying face down humbly, trusting God, that puts us in a whole different situation than standing here like, okay, I'm just trusting God. I'm waiting and I'm trusting. We're lying helplessly face down towards God. Vulnerable and dependent upon God. And then it says, lean not on your own understanding. The language context here is do not prop yourself up with the pattern of this world, or your own conventional wisdom, right? So lean not, right? Leaning on something. Have you ever leaned on someone or leaned on the law? What the scripture is saying here is don't lean on what you know. Don't lean that it says this is at flood stage and it's not a good idea to cross this river right now. That's not what you should be leaning on. Lean on what God told you. Lean on his wisdom, his righteousness. What he said was to step in the river and it'll part. Lean yourself on those types of things. Verse 
In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Notice here it talks about in all of your ways acknowledge him. It doesn't say in most of your ways, in just your dating ways, in your parental ways, in your job ways, or just on Sunday ways. He's talking about in all of your ways. So in all of your ways acknowledge him. What does that mean? In everything that you put your heart to, in everything that you put your energy to, do it unto the Lord, unto the glory of God. And then acknowledge him. We see who he is in our lives when we respond to him accordingly. And so what's the proper, what's the proper response to God, to acknowledge to God, is submission. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you with that scripture that maybe this week you could read over it and think about some of those physical attributes that we were talking about, about lying helplessly face down, about leaning on God's wisdom, about leaning on his trust, about leaning on his truth. Memorize those scriptures throughout the week and understand that it's our direction. It's not our intention that gets us to our destination. It's our submission to God. It's our submission to God in his heart.